This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Football Friday podcast brought to you, of course, by the good folks at Bet Rivers. Remember, download the Bet Rivers app for all of your uh, wagering needs, for all of your entertainment needs. It's, it's a faster experience, exclusive promotions that you will get on the app. Uh, you will find this program on the app and one app while traveling, plus you get extra value this football season with the Bet River Squares. Uh, win up to $10,000 in bonus money by placing just a $10 wager in, on same-game parlays on any game where the Squares icon is presented in the uh, right corner. So, And they are on all the NFL games. And you get a chance to play. It gives you a little extra action. And, you know, who knows? You might bank $10,000 for just a $10 wager. But, again, go to the app. And you'll have everything you need. It's uh, always improving. They come up with a lot of innovative things. So check it out, betrivers.com. Go to the Bet Rivers app, and away we go. Now, last night was an odd one because you had a terrible game that I'm sure a lot of you weren't even interested in. The Bears have been just awful. Washington is anything but exciting. Uh, but hours before the game, you learned about the passing of the legendary Dick Butkus. And I have to admit, I thought, hey, as bad as the Bears are, they can't lose on the night when the great Dick Butkus go, uh, passes away, which he did at 80. Um, the Bears win the game. Big first half, 27-3 lead. Washington comes back, and then Washington runs out of gas, and the next thing you know, the Bears get a victory and leave. Carolina is the only winless team in the league. But first, for those of you who don't understand why you saw so many – Butkus jerseys or heard the reverent tones used. There are certain players in the growth of the NFL. When the NFL came to great popularity, starting in the late 50s, but really into the 60s and then the 70s, the incredible uh, power that the NFL gained to where now it is a league far more dominant than any league, not even close. No one's even, no one's even in the same area code as the NFL, and it's built on certain players who were the foundation, the building blocks of this league. Johnny Unitas at the quarterback position. Dick Butkus was one of those players. This feared in the day, if you go back to the 50s and the 60s, the preeminent defensive player was the middle linebacker because the game was about handing the ball to the running back, throwing occasionally, but it was a running game. So you had to have a guy who could make tackles, force fumbles, be intimidating. And that guy who did it on a level above all others that began, gained him a legendary status was Dick, Buck, Dick Buckus. Dick Buckus played his entire career in the state of Illinois. He played in high school. 
He played center and linebacker and was a two-time All-America, Big Ten MVP at Illinois, and then right to the Bears. And the puzzling thing was the Bears had some bad teams, even though they had Butkus on one side of the ball and the great Gale Sayers on the other side of the ball, which was puzzling. It really was. But it was a very condensed league in those days. But Butkus was the gold standard. He was the middle linebackers in a time when teams featured great middle linebackers. But the guy who stood up out above all, the most intimidating guy was Dick Butkus. Forced fumbles, turned the ball over, 22 interceptions, 27 fumble recoveries, big numbers for those days. And as the old saying goes, Butkus didn't try to put you in a hospital. He tried to put you in the cemetery. I mean, he hit like a freight train. When he hit you, you knew it. And his job was to separate you not just from the ball, but from your senses. That's the way the game was played in those days. And the game changed as the passer became a much bigger part of the game and it became a quarterback-centric game. The key on defense became rushing the quarterback, which is why LT became the prototypical player of the next generation. Everybody had to have or tried to have something that approached a Lawrence Taylor on the edge at the outside linebacker position. That's how it changed. And then, of course, we know block Lawrence Taylor, blind side, come up with the left tackle, the whole start of that generation. All of this is how the NFL morphed into its present state. But it began back in the, what you would call their prehistoric days, where the middle linebacker was the most feared defender by far. He was the guy. He was the guy you had to block. He was the guy that was going to wreck your game plan. And Butkus was that guy. He was that player. And he is one of the legitimate great building blocks in the history of this league. So when a Butkus goes, it's part of this sports history that goes. There are special players who are generational players, who change the game, who are the game. And Butkus was one of those players. And he's gone at the age of 80. You know, he broadcast, had a very good personality, went on to having some success, as you know, as an actor. You know, movies, a couple of movies, TV series, the whole thing. But what he was was this great prototypical the gold standard at middle linebacker, that was Butkus. And Butkus was Chicago. Chicago wanted to be seen through the eyes and through the actions of Butkus. You know, Butkus, Ditka, those names are legendary in Chicago. They mean so much to the people, and, and they always will. And that has always been the heritage that the Bears have even taken forward about defense, of monsters of the midway, that kind of thing. That's always been who they are. Even, you know, the idea that the Bears always hit harder, the Bears always played tougher, that kind of thing. They might not be the best team, but they were the toughest team. They were the most physical team. That was always the history of the Bears that began or really became part of the legend of Dick Buckers. So it is a very big passing and a very important passing and one that you saw a little last night and you will see a lot about this weekend because he is that big and that important to the history of this league. Week five began last night, obviously, with the Bears' win. 
tough loss for Washington. You don't expect to lose to the Bears. They're that bad. Uh, we begin the buys this week. So the Browns, the Chargers, the Seahawks, the Bucks. some of them are surprising 3-1. and one. Um, All have the week off. The locals, the Giants go to play the Dolphins the next two weeks, the Dolphins and the Bills. Anything but easy assignments for the Giants who are reeling right now who are reeling with a performance that was nothing short of disgraceful. The Giants have fallen all the way back. Everything they gained last year, all the respectability they gained last year in Dable's first season, all the traction they gained last year, making the playoffs, winning a playoff game, for finally hit, before finally hitting the wall against the Eagles, all of that has been completely squandered with what has been a embarrassing start to this season. A non-competitive, embarrassing, disgraceful start to this season. And then you have what you don't need if you're Dable or the Giants, and that is having a lineman who has played awful football, has played just terrible football, has not lived up to one iota of what his promise was supposed to be, comes out and attacks the fan base, which is something that will get you a ticket out of here so quickly. And listen, Neil apologized. Of course he apologized because you know what? He heard from probably the owner, the coach, all the way down the line. What are you kidding? You're going to disparage the fan base? You're going to, so you're going to perform terribly. You're going to let us down week after week, and then you're going to attack our customers and disparage our customers, call them sheep, talk about them flipping hamburgers. Hey, he could not have done anything more detrimental to his future. But let's give the kid a pass. He's struggling. He's trying to find himself as a football player. He struck out at the criticism. It was a mistake. We know that. Let it go. Let it go. It's the smallest of what are a lot of problems for them. Their offensive line is a disaster. They can't protect their quarterback. They can't get the ball downfield. Their quarterback has reverted to making the mistakes he made before Dable got there. What what Dable did last year more than anything else was he took the mistakes out of Jones' game while accentuating his strengths, which start first and foremost with his legs. But the Giants are nowhere right now, and it's hard to see them staying in the game against the next two opponents, no less beating them. They have to improve just to be competitive. They have to improve just to get to a, really a respectable level of decency right now. That's how bad things are for this one and three team, which if you take out, take out that second half in Arizona, which doesn't fit right now with anything else they've done, they have been completely non-competitive in every facet of the game. Missing tackles on defense. Not providing a pass rush. Playing terribly on special teams. And then not doing anything on offense. Not being able to protect their quarterback. Not being able to run the ball and then losing Barkley. It has been an absolute disaster. And that's what they take to Florida this week. The Jets come off a game where, let's be honest, everyone talks about there aren't moral victories. They got a moral victory the other night. 
They played a close game with the Chiefs. They got to yell about the calls. They got to say that, that their quarterback improved. Okay? They did take a moral victory in a loss. But no more moral victories for this team because if this team is going to keep putting in front of you that Aaron Rodgers is going to play again this year, and Aaron Rodgers is going to keep putting that in front of you, what is he coming back to if they don't start winning games? They're 1-3 and, and they go to Denver. And we all know what the saga of this week's game at Denver is. It's been on the bulletin board since the summer. When Sean Payton, who we know, likes to pop off, he's a very confident head coach. And he said what was completely truthful about Hackett. But there's a code. You don't say it. So the Jets have circled this game against a bad Bronco team, which his only win was last week when they came back from three touchdowns down to beat the Bears in a game where the Bears squandered a 21-point lead in the second half. The Broncos have not looked good. They've lost to mediocre teams. They've broken down defensively. They've been better offensively, but erratic. And now you have the 1-3 and three Jets in Denver to take on the 1-3 and three Broncos. The Broncos are trying to salvage their season. Sean Payton's thinking about now. And Sean Payton knows the Jets are coming in there to try to embarrass him. He knows that. He's not going to take that line down. It's not who he is. So he's going to be ready to play. And he's going to have his team ready to play. He's going to let them know what the challenge is this week. He's going to drum that in their head. He is not someone who doesn't like to fight. He likes to fight. That's why he's had success in this league. But the Jets have got to get past all the other stuff about how good their defense can be, about all the craziness with the quarterback situation, and they have to start winning games. It doesn't matter. If they lose in Denver with the Eagles up next, they're staring at a 1-5 start in a division where they are nowhere. And then who cares if Rodgers is trying to rush back in December? December is to do what? To come back to watch his team play a couple of meaningless games over Christmas? They have got to win now. This is a must win. If you have any plans at all for this season, if the Jets don't win this game, you cannot take them seriously in any discussion. They are better than Denver. They have far better personnel than Denver. They just need to get consistent quarterback play and consistent coaching, and they are a far better team than Denver. They must win this game even in Denver. If they don't, like I said, you can't take them in any serious conversation. We're back in London this week with the Jags and the Bills. The Jags playing their second straight game there. We all know about their owner's fascination with London. We all know that he'd like to play his whole schedule in London. Maybe he's moving towards a half a schedule in London. He's playing back-to-back games there right now. Now he gets the Bills after beating the Falcons last week. The Bills after opening the season by handing a game in the second half to the Jets. If Josh Allen had just not turned the ball over on the last two turnovers of his four that night. Just be 0-4 and the Bills would be 4-0. Since that time, when people started burying the Bills after week one, the Bills have outscored three opponents 123-33. to 
so they have flexed their muscle. They just took a very serious hit defensively for the season, one they can't recover from. They won't be the same defense without them. That's a big loss that they have to try to work through and patch up. But they are playing very confident football right now, very explosive football right now. The Jags at 2-2 two and two are dangerous, but they've been inconsistent. Their wide receivers have dropped a lot of balls. Their offensive line has been inconsistent. And even their quarterback, who is a very talented individual, hasn't played as well as he can. Texans, 2-2. Two and two. Falcons, 2-2. Two and two. Falcons have all kinds of problems in their passing game with their quarterback. Texans have been surprisingly good. I thought they'd be vastly improved this year, and they've done it with their offensive line basically on the shelf for the first month. Now their offensive line is starting to get stronger. Stroud has played well, exceedingly well for a first-year quarterback. Their defense is good. They're well-coached. They're a dangerous team. I'd be surprised they don't go to 3-2 and two here, and if they do, you know, they're playing well. Panthers, only winless team, take on the Lions, not a good matchup. Titans and the Colts, Jonathan Taylor has practiced this week. He has said grudgingly the right things. I'm here for now. Well, what does that mean? We don't even know if he's going to take a snap this week. We do know he's practiced. According to what we've heard, he's going to play. We'll see. His future, is it somewhere else in the next couple of weeks? Is it in Indianapolis for the rest of the season? Who knows? He's back. He wants to get back in the lineup. We know he's one of the game's best backs. We'll see how he does this week or if he even takes the snap this week. Saints and Pats. Call should play. Pats are anemic on offense and just lost two huge players on defense for at least a couple of months. Took two devastating hits on defense, and they have no firepower on offense. This could turn into a very, very long season for Bill Belichick. Ravens at 3-1, and one, Steelers at 2-2. Two and two. The Steelers, we know what's going on with the offense. We know what's going on with the offensive coordinator. We know what's going on with the quarterback. Quarterback will play. When the Steelers usually hit this kind of crisis, they usually get their backs up at home. That's been their way of doing business. Add in the Ravens, and it's really the way they do business. So I would expect a big effort out of them this week at home against the Ravens. Eagles are unbeaten, but they still haven't clicked on offense. The reason why is the running game is terrific. Their offensive line, the best in the sport. But the passing game is missing the touch, the deft touch of their old offensive coordinator, who now is the head coach in Indianapolis. It has hurt Hurts. He has been off his game. They have been off offensively all year in the passing game. When that clicks with the running game, they're going to be scary, and they're already 4-0. This game, they can't take lightly. The Rams are playing better than anybody thought. Cup says he's playing this week. We'll see. His understudy has done very well, as we know. But Cup says he's ready to come back, so let's see what happens. Bengals, 
probably the biggest disappointment in the sport. So I, I would say definitely the biggest disappointment in the sport so far. At one and three against the Cards. They did not put Burrow on the injured list this week. They're not talking about his injuries anymore. Does that mean he will finally throw the ball like he has thrown it in the past? He better because this season is falling apart. They have had no passing game, despite the fact they have one of the best quarterbacks in the sport and the best trio of wide receivers, although Higgins is hurt. Their run defense has been awful. And this team has been a bitter disappointment, and it's now or never. You know, they can't spot the field five games and think they're going to wind up having a big season. They opened 0-2 last year, and they came back. If they're coming back, they better start now. And it starts with them getting the ball down the field to chase and getting the ball down the field from a quarterback who has been the most dynamic downfield thrower in the sport. But this calf injury has limited him to becoming dink and dunk guy. That has to stop. We'll see if it does this week. The Chiefs 3-1 and one at the Vikings, who got their first win last week. Vikings are healthy and say they're ready to turn the corner. They think they're, they're, all their mistakes this year were all self-inflicted. They were. They turned the ball over dramatically in the first three games. They have moved the ball on everybody. They will move the ball in the air on the Chiefs, but the Chiefs will move the ball against them. I think this is a high-scoring game and probably a close game, but the Chiefs love these games. I'll tell you this, though. Mahomes better snap out of whatever happened to him last week because he threw the ball up for grabs all night last week. He won the game with his legs. His arm was a huge problem. I mean, he was terrible the other night. And then we have a game we can't wait for. This is one that you circle on the calendar because this is one of the games of the year already. The Cowboys and the Niners on Sunday night. There are three teams in the NFC. The Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys. Draw a line after that. There's nobody else in their league. Cowboys say they'll have the offensive line healthier than they've had at any point in the last two years. That has got to be music to the team's ears and to the skill position players' ears to have that offensive line finally back at full throttle. Now, Parsons hasn't practiced. He swears he will play. When you're dealing with great players, it's a little different. They don't have to practice to play. The coaches at a lot of times will understand and not demand. When you have a player like this, you don't question his motor. You don't question his preparation. question anything. When he tells you, I'm hurting, but I'll play Sunday, you tell him to take it easy during the week, and I'll see you Sunday. He's that good. They need him. McCaffrey has been terrific. Purdy has overcome some rough spots this year. He hasn't thrown the ball well. He has thrown the ball miserably down the field, but it hasn't killed this team because they have so much talent. And he'll catch up. Remember, he's coming off of surgery, and he came back fast. Fun game, big game, edge Niners. Cowboys can win it if their defense steps up to play on the level that it has to play on, and if the Cowboys can operate in the red zone. The Cowboys have got to get better play calling, and better quarterback play in the red zone, or they are going nowhere. That is their weakness, and it's got to stop. 
They also need to come up with a second dependable target. They thought it would be Brandon Cooks. He's been banged up. Maybe he steps up this week. They need a dependable second target if they're going to win big games. And then the Packers and the Raiders, Garoppolo, it sounds like will come back out of the protocol this week and play. Devontae Adams is upset. Who, you know, what else is there? You know, wide receivers are never happy. Even when they're going good, they're not happy. No matter when you get them, they're not happy. It's unbelievable. I mean, you, I don't care if you, whatever you do to them, you can't get, make them happy. You know, grumbling is the best state you get with these prima donna wide receivers. But you know what? You need to have them. And you got to keep them happy. You got to get them the ball. You got to feed them the football. Otherwise, they're not happy. No matter what, they're incredibly selfish, incredibly self centered, but they are a necessary part of the sport. And you need to have one, or it's tough to make plays. You can do it if you have, but even San Francisco, the way they play in their unique way of playing, they still have wide receivers who can be extremely explosive. And that's what you need. You need to make big plays down the field in this league. It's impossible to be good without that. It has to happen. Emails when we come back. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Send your emails to podcast at gmail.com. Uh, We're so behind on emails, we're going to want to squeeze a couple into the show. Here we go. This is Doug. I never understood players like Neil attacking fans. Didn't these players grow up as fans and get frustrated at players losing as youngsters? Yes. But here's the thing. You're a young guy. You came into the league with great expectations. Your organization's not happy with your play. You're a performer. Performers can be sensitive, okay? But you have to understand when you are a performer and you're going to play the game and get paid in the game they play in, you have to understand performance is going to be a two-way street. You're going to be lauded for good performances. You're going to get hit when you don't perform well. He has performed miserably. He's got to take the slings and arrows. And when you come back and go after the fans and try to pick a fight with the fan base, you are fighting a losing battle that will lead you nowhere except out of town. Because the one thing that you can't do is you cannot attack the customers. And remember... The fans are the customers. The owner knows that. The owner understands that. And he'll be damned if a guy who's stinking up the joint for him is going to attack his customers. That's why you got the apology as quick as you did. Neil knows he made a big mistake. Everyone does. Tim. If the Jets are at 5 and 10, why would Rodgers want to come back this season? Well, we've already covered that a lot. Uh... Mike, Belichick may be an immortal coach, but as of now, he showed very little without Brady. Hey, great coaches go through ruts. Look at Shula's, look at the end of Shula's career. Look at what Shula accomplished early in his career, and then look at the later years of his career. Even legendary coaches, even immortal coaches, and Bill Belichick is an immortal coach. They hang around. The legend of Lombardi 
is so perfect. It is so impeccable because he never, ever had a downfall. When he came back to take over the Redskins, he was clearly improving them immediately when he was struck down. By cancer. I mean, when that hit, he was, you know, he came back to coach and you could already see the improvement. And this was a man who all he knew was championships. All he knew was he lost the first playoff game he ever coached against the Eagles. And he told his team, we finished nine yards short. Nine yards short. And we will never, ever be nine yards short again. And he never lost another playoff game in his career, ever. And all those years ended in championships. And then he retired, and he came back with the Redskins, and he was starting to move in the right direction when it all came apart. But the legend is perfection. And that's why he's Lombardi. If Belichick hangs around and puts eight years on the end of his career where he does nothing and has, you know, a losing record and no playoff appearances and, you know, a lot of bad years, is it going to hurt his career a little bit? Yes, it is. It's not going to take away anything that he's accomplished. Those are in the bank. But you can hang around too long. Yes, you can. Even he can. I don't think we've reached that state, but if we do reach that state, who knows what's going to happen. Roger, I know Burrow is hurt, but at this point, where, uh, at this point, what do the Bengals do to save the season? Hey, they turned to Burrow to save the season. He says this week he's better. That means it's time to play and time to win. And if they don't turn it around right now, starting this week, against the Cardinals, if they don't start to win games, they're not going to have a season. Even the Bengals, and I thought the Bengals were going to have a big year. As a matter of fact, I picked Cincinnati, Philadelphia Super Bowl. I thought this was the year the Bengals get over the hump, and they have been bitterly disappointing, and Burrow probably shouldn't have played because he has done nothing in the offense. He's ranked 32nd. I mean, this is a guy who is at the top of the sport as a quarterback, you could make a very good case he's the second-best quarterback in the league. He is a terrific performer. He is a classic quarterback in the sense of he attacks downfield. He attacks defenses. And he's done none of that this year. Absolutely none of it. That has to change now. Right now. Or they won't have a season. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. 